from Two True Freaks here. Um, I got a bit of a double review of uh, The Road and The Book of Eli, two post-apocalyptic movies that sort of came out around the same time. Now, I noticed just before I, I sat down to record this that I sort of come out with these things after the movies have sort of run their theater course, you know, which I guess is kind of lame, but fuck it. I figure most people are, like, figuring whether they want to queue something up on Netflix eventually, which they can do pretty soon, or not, or whatever, or just want to hear what somebody has to say. So here it is. Easily, The Road is a way better motion picture than The Book of Eli, but I'll have a lot less to say about that. You know, basically it's uh, it's an adaptation of a Pulitzer Prize winning novel by uh, Cormac McCarthy, the same guy who wrote the novel that uh, No Country for Old Men was based on, which was a great movie. And uh, I actually, I read this book too before I saw the movie and I really enjoyed it, but I wasn't really sure, too sure how I, you know, whether... I thought it was, you know, this great, a Pulitzer Prize winning book. You know, it was very, it was very sparsely written, just very simple tale, as is the movie. And uh, when I saw the movie, it made a lot more sense. The movie actually worked a lot better than the book. Because maybe it was the voice I gave the characters in my head or whatever, but the, uh, the acting is superb in this, the direction superb. Um, everything about it works really well. The drawback to this movie is it is fucking depressing. I mean, there's no getting around that it's just, it's bleak. And, you know, when I, when most people hear somebody say, you know, that's depressing, that autom automatically is a vote for no, but not for me, necessarily, you know, I will watch something if it's depressing and it's good, which this is, but da damn, it is, it is depressing, it doesn't pull any punches, it's a post-apocalyptic tale, basically, of a, a father and a, a son traveling down the road and trying to find food and shelter and avoid getting eaten, basically, <laughs> by cannibals because there is no food and shelter. Basically, if I could compare it to any movie, it would be, uh, I don't know, it was the early 80s, it was a movie called Testament, and it was about the effects of nuclear war, and it was pretty realistic, and this is sort of in the same vein as far as tone goes. So it's stripped down to, to basics, and so really, I don't really have much to say about it, except it is a very good piece of cinema. It's far superior to the one we're coming to right now, which is The Book of Eli, which is by the Hughes brothers, who, uh, you know, I think they were Menace to Society and then uh, From Hell, which were both good movies, but not great cinema, but good movies, good action in them, and From Hell had a, a bit of, like, light conspiracy theory story to it. Now, just for a little comparison, 
Uh, the road has brought in worldwide about $14 million and cost $20 million to make, so therefore you can pretty much say it's it's a failure. Where the Book of Eli, I don't know how much it costs to make it, but that's pulled in $108 million worldwide so far. So there you go, of the two um, apocalypse movies, I guess America picks the Book of Eli. And it's no wonder, because... It's sort of that it reminds me a lot of the movie Waterworld, which was sort of a, uh, I hate to say it, but watered down version of the Road Warrior. And this is an even further diluted version of Waterworld. It's because by now the conventions of, you know, the Road Warrior and Waterworld and post apocalyptic stuff is so ingrained that the only thing that can, I guess, expand upon it for us is to have nice CG panoramas, which there are some in the Book of Eli, but there's a lot of also just sort of studio backlot sort of shots in it. And, uh, uh, you know, at first when I saw this movie, I was like, eh, that was entertaining but stupid, you know. But then the more I th started thinking about it, the the, the stupider it got and the more and I'm just going to tell everybody now who hasn't seen the book of Eli if you want to see it and you don't want to know what happens get out now because I'm going to spoil all over this movie I'm just going to spoil the shit out of it not out of spite or hate but just because I want to talk about some of the things that I couldn't talk about if I wasn't fucking totally ruining everybody's surprise so that's what I'm going to do of course, stars Denzel Washington, who was a good sign for me because he usually seems to take maybe not the most incredible scripts, but sometimes he does take really incredible scripts. But he always takes something with something going on with it. You know, there's there's something going on there that's a little above average. Like Man on Fire is a good example of that, which isn't like a masterpiece of a movie, but it's a compelling movie and he's really good in it. And he's very, he's very good in this movie for what it's worth for the part he's playing. And uh, so, you know, basically he's a man wandering the, the wilderness, trying to get to the, the wilderness, when I say that, just the post-apocalyptic wasteland of, and ruined cities and pockets of humanity. And in true sort of modern comic book style, he's got a sword and a trench coat and he just sort of and is pretty grizzled and eats cats when he can catch them. And that's another thing about this movie is this movie shows a certain hostility towards cats, and I like cats. So yeah, that kind of pissed me off. He eventually, you know, rolls into town, and you know, you could tell this is going to be the town where he's going to hang out in because he, you've already met the sort of mad professor type of guy who's played by Tom Waits and. You know, you sort of find out it's a it's a lot it's it's a western town. He's the man without a name who blows into the western town, and he's guarding a book. The local, you know, boss of the the place, who's Gary Oldman, is one of, you know one of the last people who's literate. And we find out that when whatever destroyed you know when war destroyed all of humanity, they destroyed all the Bibles because that's what caused all the trouble and. And so apparently it looks like Eli's got the last Bible. And 
Gary Oldman wants the Bible because everybody else, it seems, in this world except for Gary Oldman and and Eli are completely illiterate and have forgotten everything about books or how to read or anything like that. So um, he wants the book because with the with the Bible he can use that to to work his power. Now why? Since he's also very literate and obviously very intelligent and uh, a great scenery chewer, so therefore a great orator, why doesn't he just make up his own goddamn religion and write it down in a book and, and tailor make it to whatever he's got to do with these people? No, instead he wants the Bible. So I guess he is an extreme genius who has exactly zero imagination. So he wants the book, and he, uh, of course... Um, he sends his wife slash concubine's daughter down to seduce Eli and, and find out about the book. And it turns out that uh, this is, oh, what's her name, Mila Kunis. The, she's the uh, voice on Family Guy and she was in that 70s show. And of, of course as the quote unquote love interest or semi love interest because he's more sort of like a monk. So he ain't going to be doing no hankety-pankety, goddammit, so there's no nudity. But of course, everybody in the world is gristled and toothless and fucked up and scarred. And here, here, comes, here comes, you know, the daughter, and she's got white pearly teeth and nice clean hair. And, it, you know, it, that's just the thing that just starts pissing me off about when I see these poke post-apocalyptic movies and they just can't bring themselves to ugly up the pretty girl or you know they they can ugly up Denzel a little bit because he gristles up good but they're not going to ugly up her and it takes you right out of it and and there's a lot of violence but it's all sort of in medium shots and you know decapitations and wild sword play but it's very static and and dull the, the whole movie is very sort of predictable and dull. There's a wild and crazy scene with a cannibal couple named George and Martha that's got some life to it. It's got some of that quirky quirky personality that you would want in, in a movie like this that George Miller gave to his Mad Max movies. And it's there for just a fleeting second and then it's giggity, giggity gone. And then... What the, the thing about this, it telegraphs its its big twist ending from, you know, 80 gazillion miles away, which is, you know, that Eli himself is the book, and we find out that he was blind the whole time. And so he's been the caretaker of Christianity. You know, God has instructed him to take care of his, his book, and... So I'm thinking, okay, there's a you know, there's somebody's putting a Christian mes message into this, but in the end, he ends up transcribing the book to fucking Malcolm McDowell with crazy professor hair from Back to the Future, and and basically putting it on this oil rig, you know, as a repository of human knowledge. So basically. <laughs> It's relegated to a dusty shelf. It's the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's put in a crate and sealed in a warehouse. So, what are we saying? I, I don't know. Basically, I don't think the, the screenwriters know. I don't think the uh, directors knew. And it, 
it makes the movie mildly entertaining, visually fairly entertaining, and just generally unmemorable and I don't know. I don't understand it. A lot of people that I know and uh, respect their opinions have really liked this movie or just had minor quibbles with it. But the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to think that I really don't like it. And the more I'm thinking that I really don't like it, the more I'm thinking, God damn it, I'm going to have to watch it again. And that's evil. That's getting more towards my media masochist show and and I thought for half a second of putting this on the Media Massacre show, but it wasn't painful to watch. So I'll give it that. Okay, so that's here's my final summation. The Road, very good movie. I would highly recommend it. I would not recommend it at parties or on a date unless the psychological profile seems to work, and that would be a very rare occurrence, but perhaps it could happen. But it's definitely... A downer <laughs> but worth seeing and Book of Eli yeah I don't hate it but like I said it didn't hurt to watch it and now to end it all out I just figured I'd throw in some death metal music with vocals apparently by a very 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 sick Donald Duck. Enjoy. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. twotruefreaks.libsyn.com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. The Two True Freaks now have a phone line where you can call and leave a completely inappropriate message. Maybe we'll even use it on the show. That number is 1-585-COP-LURE. That's 1-585-267-5873. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this show, why not review us in iTunes? And if you didn't enjoy this show, why not review us in iTunes? Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. We are now also members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check it out at www.comicspodcasts.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. Thanks for listening to Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks.
Future Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.